Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. I am Sarah Bivens, and with me is my husband, Matthew Bivens. What's up, beautiful? Hey, this is weird and different and cool all at once, all at the same time. So I'm very present and aware of a lot of things right now. One, we're very close together. We're very close together. Like, <laughs> hello. Like, I feel like we're singing a duet together on stage. Yeah. We're crooning. Uh, so that's going on. Uh, we are in our car, which is different. Yes, we, we are. I don't think we've ever recorded in our car together. You have done solo for your show in the car before. I've done a lot. I have not. Because the car is actually a nice great sound. Yeah, it's like a nice soundproof place. When uh, when you don't have an awesome location in your house, you can always go to your car. So this is new for me. We're in the car. And then we also are live right now on Instagram. So What's up, Instagram? Instagram world. We have not done something like this in a very long time. I don't do anything Instagram story-wise typically on our Instagram. Like just to get posts out and stay consistent and share awesome content and share what's going on with us is like... With everything else that's going on, that's about as much as I can handle right now. Yeah. But this is really fun and cool. So if you are live right now, hi to everyone. Or if you catch this in the next 24 hours, you're getting a real big jump, as I just said earlier, because this is going to publish later this week on Saturday, actually. And this is a Monday as we record this. So exclusive flavor. <laughs> they used to say that in songs um, when I would rec- uh, download stuff from like Napster and LimeWire. Like you would hear the song, but then it'd be like exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. You didn't, you didn't get any? I just got those. We, we listen to different music, apparently. <laughs> anyway, all that's going on, and we're enjoying our little iced coffee treats, you and me, together. Uh, my mom's visiting us, and so she's hanging out with Maya at the house. Um, she's napping, but she will probably get up at some point during this. Anyway, that's us right now, in a nutshell, what's yes. going on. So if you are tuning in on Instagram, hi, we love you guys so much. And I might jump in and out if I see some cool comments or whatever. Just shout out to peeps that are um, listening, like Melissa, Carla, Rosa, pregnant uh, with twins. Congratulations. Awesome. Sending you lots of love. Dula, Rach, uh, all you peeps, Christina, all of you. We just appreciate you so much. So thanks. And drop us some questions, comments, whatever. I mean, we can address them um, offline after we're recording here. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. so today's conversation, it's going to be cool. We have uh, a listener email right now, so you've yes. got it pulled up on my phone. I do. And we're going to change the name on this one, right? We are. So do you want to come up with a cool name? Uh, Matilda. Matilda. That's cool. I love. I like that. I loved that head. movie when I was little. I've never seen it. I know of it, but Gosh. I've never actually seen it. I think a lot of people listening or watching just now were like, oh, man, Matthew, you haven't seen Matilda? I've, uh, I've seen an, enough to get it. parts of it to know what right. the gist is. I know that Danny DeVito's in it. Yes. I know that there's a scene where she gets swung around by her pigtails. Yeah, right? there is a little girl yeah. who that happens Something like to. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so anyway. It was just so whimsical. And I feel like every little girl at one point thought she could harness her Matilda powers. And I definitely looked at doorknobs like with intense fervor and was like get the doorknob to turn or like blink my eyes and something would happen anyway okay so matilda (laughs) 
reached out to us and sent us a really awesome email, and I'm going to read it right now. All right. So she says, hey, Sarah and Matthew, first off, I want to say how much I love your podcast. I love how raw and real you two are. It has really helped me in different parts of my life and my relationships. I think it's important to have people that inspire you to be better and look at life in new perspectives. I'm inspired by your relationship with one another and would love to one day have that with my husband. In your latest episode, so this is probably a few episodes ago, you touched a little on finance. So quick insertion. That was probably when we talked about, you know, are you ready to have a baby? You know, okay. are you ready to either have another one or to get pregnant? We talked a little bit about the financial aspect. And so she goes on to say, I appreciate you being open that it is a hard topic and you are both still working on making it a lighter subject, but you still, but you still do it. This is something my husband and I have been struggling with since the beginning of our relationship 10 years now. I think the fact that we started dating at age 18 and having parents that never had a healthy relationship with money didn't set us up for a great foundation. However, I have personally been working on having a better relationship with money, but it is still very, it, excuse me, but it is still this very dark looming cloud hanging over us at times. I suggested to my husband that we have weekly money date nights to discuss our finances, which he has been reluctant to. So I'm wondering how you two approach the topic with each other, uh, spending, bills, saving money, etc. In most relationships, there is a saver and a spender. I'm a saver and my husband is the spender. So even talking about saving up for something gets under his skin and it makes me feel like we will never be on the same page and that gives me gut-wrenching anxiety. If there's any insight or tips you can offer, I would be forever grateful. Thank you again for all you do. With love, Matilda. Awesome. Appreciate you, Matilda, for that email and for the questions. And uh, yeah, I think we can relate to a lot of it and can absolutely comment on all of it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, just want to throw out there, super grateful for the acknowledgement and, and humbled, you know, that you would ask us something like this to, to cover a topic like this and just kind of put out there, we are certainly not financial gurus. Like we are not people to go to for like how to set up your portfolios or anything like that. But we can absolutely speak to what it's like working together in the business of Bivens and co, you know, like when you are partnered with someone, when you are married to someone or you're running a household, you're running a business. So we can definitely speak to that. And then we also do work together. And then we have this parenting thing thrown in there too. So we do have a lot of reps in terms of having these sorts of conversations. So while we may not be giving you exact tips for how to compound, um, we what I want to talk to you is like how to approach it in a healthy, empowered way, just like we do everything else we talk about on the show. So just yeah. kind of wanted to put that little preface out there. Like you're not going to be getting like tips on the market from us. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's uh, it's great. It's it's good to point out uh, we've had to work a lot at our individual relationship to money and how we you know like how we can create powerful conversations uh, about money in our house. Yeah, um, it's been hard, and you know we've been together married four years this yes. this November and uh, together for six, six yes yeah so. Those six years, we've been, you know, our early money conversations were so much different than our current ones, and I'm I'm definitely playing for future money conversations to be even more smooth and enjoyable because we went through a lot of rocky, rocky stuff with them. Because I think, you know, both of us had very scarce mindsets. Uh, I know for me, I would bring a lot of anxiety into the conversation around money, Um I was just very sensitive when I felt like the conversation was steering towards we don't have enough or we can't do something or buy something that we want today. 
uh, that I think my emotions would get mixed in there and then your emotions would get mixed in. And a lot of times early on, our conversations would end uh, and we, we would both be frustrated. Yeah. Or so, I'd be crying. Yeah. I had tears in yeah. a lot of our early financial conversations. So, you know, we've done a lot of things to evolve how we individually relate to it. And that has helped tremendously in how the two of us can come together and have a constructive uh, financial conversation. So, um, yeah, let's. I know you've got some notes on things, kind of like how you want to go through. So, how Matilda kind of broke it down is, you know, how do you approach spending, bills, saving money? So, I I made little bullet points. I thought we could kind of go through those briefly and then uh, talk a little bit about how we've practiced. And I just this just came to my mind. Maybe something we could take a step back and just maybe one or two like big overarching beliefs or things we brought to the table as far as how we looked at finance. Because you know, okay. I, I love how Matilda mentioned. You know, maybe we weren't set up so awesomely. You know, with their foundation being young when they got together, and then they said their parents didn't relate to money so well. Yeah. Um. And I think how you learn about money, like when you have your first memories of money, and you look at your your parents and how they approached it, definitely has impact. And it may not mean you're doing it the same way, but it had some sort of uh, influence on how you, how you looked at money. So I know for me over these past couple years, I've been going back into my memory and looking at when I started even understanding what money was and, and all of that conversation. One of the big things for me is that I just didn't hear about it a lot. It wasn't talked about a lot in my family. And I didn't really know how my parents outside of their, their jobs. And then when they eventually retired, I didn't know how they were making their money. I didn't know what they were doing with their money, how they were, you know, growing it, making it work for them. And so I felt in the dark about a lot of financial things. And so then as a result, I didn't take that step in cultivating it a lot for myself and learning things like budgeting, learning, you know, any of that. And so I kind of felt, um, like a fish out of water, uh, in my first job outside of college. Cause I just didn't like, you have money, you spend it on the things that you need, you buy some stuff that you want to, and maybe you save a little bit of it. Like that was like my only context for it. I get it. So that's kind of, that's kind of what I brought to the table and I will 100% own there was a part of me and I think I still find little residual threads of this every once in a while like where did you come from that I just expect you to take care of it all that I just think you know you man like you figure it out like even if we're both making money you know whatever that looks like but you manage it and I can just kind of hang out and you know you can tell me what's going on if there are big things but that that was definitely a belief that I had a paradigm a, a thing that I just thought would work um, and that of course has been broken down and, and resurfaced and repaved over the past few years there's a big engine next to us <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so that that's part of what I brought. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. 
The Skylight Calendar is a smart touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame, so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. Yeah, so stuff that I brought to the table, um, I didn't have any real concept about money and spending until my parents got divorced. So until I was about 10 years old. After my parents got divorced, then conversations entered around child support. And that was the first time that I started thinking about or or that I was exposed to, uh, in in my case, lack. So not having enough money. So, you know, there would be conversations about we need money for groceries or bills and, oh, well, child support hasn't arrived yet and things like that. So I started to uh, wear on, I I started to, I think those things started to like script on me. Um, not having enough. Yeah. And I went through a lot of my middle school uh, and kind of up up through high school with the, there isn't as much as we would want. You know, like we've, we, we have enough to get food and enough to keep the lights on and enough for each of the kids to, to be able to pay for, you know, the soccer team that I wanted to, to be on or my sister's basketball team. But that was kind of, for, for a lot of the time, that was it. And I think I had just that idea in my mind that money is around, but there isn't enough mm-hmm. to cover everything that, you know, the needs and the wants. So I totally brought that into our relationship. I had zero maturity when it came to um, spending, uh, sorry, savings. I never saved anything. And my dad used to always tell, talk to me about saving, talk to me about uh, compounding and growing my money, talk to me about these things. But it was never really modeled for me, so I didn't learn. So I had, and it was interesting because because I was told for for all those years that I should be saving by my father, but I never was saving, I judged myself for not saving. You know, like, I know I should be doing this. Yeah, so you knew you had to do, but... Yeah, and then when I got my first job when I was 16, I didn't save a dime of that money. That money went all towards food, and then as I got a little bit older, alcohol. That's all that I would spend my money on and maybe clothes, mm-hmm. concerts. I never saved. So saving as continues to be a challenge for me, I'll be honest. Saving is still hard for me. Um, the idea of budgeting and creating and sticking to a budget has become easier and easier over time. But the things that I brought with me into our money relationship, definitely lack, scarcity, um, immaturity around what in my mind seemed like some basic things like saving, putting money away for the future, uh, investing, all of that stuff. I, I have had zero experience with investing and any of that. So that gives us a context. That gives a little bit of foundation for what we entered. Yeah, and, uh, I don't think that's uncommon. Any of what both yeah. of us described, I feel like it's a lot of us. I mean... Yeah, there's only a couple of people that I know who have... And it's funny, they, uh, my friends who have more like... I've seen them with stable finances. Mm-hmm. They all have, all their parents have immigrated into the country. So they're like second, first generation. They're all first generation yeah, kids. Yeah, I find that interesting. I, yeah. That's... Like their parents are like, you know, they came over, they worked hard. And yeah, totally different they, context. They taught 
at least what I've seen amongst my friends, it's been saving mentality. Right. So they'll all, always be putting money away, always be putting money away. Right. So anyway. Yeah. That should is, we get into this? Yes, yes. So uh, let's just go there real quick because you talked about saving and, and that challenge. Um, Matilda mentioned that there's typically more one of the other, a spender and a saver. Yeah. What comes up for you when you think about that between the two of us, which one is which or um, what kind of that ratio is? I, I mean... I, I feel like I'm a spender. I know for sure I have more of a saver mentality. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess right there, you're the saver, I'm the spender. Saver. Yeah. Spender. Just wants to make it rain everywhere. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely things that I want to 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 buy. Yeah. And so, even if it's not in our actions, I think if you look at mentality or approach, I think... Yeah. I kind of come with a more conservative view on some things. And that's funny. That's kind of how it is a lot in our life as well. I'm kind of like, mm, mm, and I'm like, yeah, we'll go for we it. Should, Let's and you're do like, it. it'll be fine. And I'm like, but maybe we should look at this. We'll work it out. <laughs> Can I just say, I did want to do a little thing of all of the uh, other words for money. When we started this episode, I wanted to be like money, cheddar, Benjamins, dollar, dollar bills. And just like, keep going. Coins, pension. Pension. Yeah. Yeah. That ducats. <laughs> what else? Skrilla. Skrilla. That's a good one. That's a good one. Cheese. Cheese. I said cheddar. Yeah, yeah, similar. Cake. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Greens. No. Yes. Greenbacks. There you go. Uh, Benjamins. Yeah, I said that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, I feel right. good now. Okay, thank you. I had to get that out. So how do you think we approach spending bills and saving money? Um, okay, so what has worked for us very, very well in the last, I don't know how many years, um, is creating a spreadsheet. And, you know, what you, you can call it a budget, but I know I associated budgeting with lack. I did too. Budget meant you, the money you didn't have. Budget was like, it listen, was like, you've got $20. Yeah, you got $20 and you have $25 worth of things that you need to, to, to buy. Yeah. So figure out how you're going to budget that. I agree. So what we do is we have a spreadsheet and on the spreadsheet, it lists all of our expenses and all of our income. And we break down our expenses by like absolute fundamental things you know the, the essentials rent. yeah like the and the r- things that don't change too because you know in your life you have things that fluctuate and things that are pretty much the same fixed and variable yep, yep. yep. so we color Fancy. code everything Fancy so saying that yeah so we've got <laughs> we've got the essential things we've got things that are um a little bit more uh loose like okay we could use this or not and then we've got um our debts that we're paying down And we kind of break it into those categories. And then, like you said, we have the things that are fixed every month and the things that vary every month. And we go in each month and we, you know, we create a new tab in our spreadsheet and we list out what we anticipate all of our money, what we anticipate the amount of money we're going to be bringing in because we have an irregular income. We don't know how much money we're going to be bringing in each month. It goes up and down because we might attract new clients that month. We might have new sponsors that month. Uh, we might be we might sell more products that month. So exactly, yeah. Entrepreneurship so entrepreneurship life. Yeah, right. So <laughs> I would say about half of our monthly income we can predict at the beginning of the month. Yeah, that's that's fair to say. And then the rest of it, as things happen, we go into the spreadsheet we and we update it. Because did you say this already? We make it zero based, meaning yes, everything we bring in that month has to be accounted for. Meaning it's you know we spend it on paper. Right, it is spent in the sense even if you're saving it, that counts as you know to get it down to zero. 
each um, yeah. month. You know, it'd be cool if we got a template of our spreadsheet and put it on the show notes and link to it so people could just download it or even see just a picture of it. Yeah, we could do that. You know, if you are interested in what we do. Yeah, so we've got that spreadsheet and, you know, it's it's got like 40 or 50 lines on it for all the different things. Maybe that's, maybe that's too many, like 30 lines. That's a lot, yeah. For all the different items. And, um, you know, there's notes and different things like that. So we, we understand where our money is coming from and we understand where our money is going. And that is what we use. Yep. And, and to reference, uh, what's been very helpful is Dave Ramsey's approach there. If yes. If you're going to mention that. Yes. And that's, that's kind of the second part, right? So we have this tool that we use to understand and know our money. And then we also have a framework that we operate within in order to get to where we want to be financially. And so, like you mentioned, we use Dave Ramsey's financial piece. Mm-hmm. And that's been really awesome because it's it's very simple, uh, but I think it's it's powerful when you follow it. Agreed. And so there's seven baby steps. That's what they call them. And the seven baby steps take you from basically financially just... I don't know, whatever word, to, finan- to having financial peace. Yeah, think of just like any sort of progression in a skill or like a black belt, like, you know, something like that. You kind yeah. of start basic with just the things to get you in a functional kind of thing. And then as you move up the steps, I feel like you move into more of a thriving. And I feel like by that step, your relationship to money is shifted to where, you know, money is a tool, money is an energy, a frequency at which you align with, and you make your money work for you yeah. rather than money is this thing that kind of drives your life and your emotions. And if you know what the baby steps are, it makes sense. So, right. So the first baby step is to save a thousand dollars in an emergency in account cash. in cash, cash money. Like so that under the mattress cash. you can access it whenever you want. And for example, we were very grateful to have our emergency fund when my grandmother transitioned because we were able to just grab that cash, pay for an Airbnb, buy some, you know, clothes for baby Maya pay for our, our stuff, and we didn't have to worry about anything. Yeah, that unplanned stuff that comes up in life. And it know? happens, right? Car breaks down. Yeah. Uh, animal has Which, to go to the vet. Those things actually should be accounted for on your spreadsheet. Right, but like, what if the car like really breaks down? So you go through your car budget, and yes. now it's like you need a new alternator. Yes, that's different. Yeah. So seven, first baby step is a thousand bucks emergency fund. Second is to pay off your debts. Correct. And to snow and using the snowball uh, philosophy. So that's where you are paying off the lowest interest rate amount. Lowest amount of debt. Lowest amount. Regardless of interest yeah. rate. Lowest amount. there's a psychological effect of just like knocking things out one by yeah. one. So even if you have a debt that's like, um, you know, three, say, yeah. Yeah. Say you have a thousand dollar credit card, $500 credit card and a hundred dollar credit card. You go for the hundred dollars. You go for the hundred dollar first and Regardless you pay it off. of the interest rates. Yep. And then you take all the money you were putting into the hundred and you roll that into the 500 until that's done. Then you take all the money that you were putting towards 500 and the 100 and you roll that into the thousand. Hence snowball. Hence the snowball. And, uh, that's the second baby step. And once you've gotten all your debts, cleared out that way and that might take you a few years or uh, a lot of years or a lot of years yeah and that's cool then you move on to baby step number three and that's putting away three to six months of your expenses in savings in so the event of in the event life. of whatever you get laid off you want to leave your job you want to take a six month you know sabbatical maternity leave maternity leave yeah this country has no federal laws I about know, right? that <laughs> whatever whatever you want just have that money aside in a place that you can access it and that's number three. 
Do you know the rest of them? Because you're on a roll and I do not know them specifically. <laughs> yeah, so number four, I think it's to max out. I think it's it's the- Insurance, uh, right? I think it's the insurance one. And then the thing is here, it's funny. We've only gotten up to number two, right? And we actually are back at number one now because we had to spend money last month to to, to for my, my grandmother's uh, services and everything. So we've gotten to number two. We know we have number three in our sites. Uh, some of the next ones, I don't know the order. You can Google it. Um, we'll put a link. Um, but essentially, where you mortgage? Yeah. So you know, get your house paid off. If that applies to you, if it doesn't, yeah. then you can just kind of bypass that if you rent or whatever. Four hundred one k. Kind of get that in order, and and your insurances, your life insurance, and all those yeah. different things, maxing yeah. those things out. Um, and then you've got shoot, what's number six? I thought that was the the mortgage or the whatever it was. And the last one is wealth building. Yeah, but we we missed one in there. So anyway, there's seven baby steps. And when you have that process, like you know what you're what you're doing and you have the tool, which is your budget or your spreadsheet, it makes the conversations that you're going to get into, which is what Matilda had asked about. It makes them easier. For sure. It doesn't mean they're going to be smooth because you're, you're obviously going to bring your emotions and your perspective you're scripting into it, but it makes it easier because you can be more objective, right? When you know, okay, we are saving up our emergency fund right now. Then we look at our spreadsheet and we know where the money's coming in. We know what's going out. It means that if you have an extra hundred dollars at the end of your month, because like Sarah said, we're trying to zero everything out. You know what it's going towards. It's going towards your emergency fund. And you don't have to get into the thing of, well, the spender wants to spend it on this and the saver wants to put it in that. It's like, no, we know what we're what we're putting it towards because we're following the seven baby yeah, steps. Yeah, it's our joint goal. And then when you have something you can be unified and work together on, I think that helps, you know, too, and creates that totally. sort of like team approach. And it's something that you can be excited about to work together. And there there is this fulfilling kind of feeling of, taking care of your stuff you know like getting getting stuff done yeah and um moving up in those steps and uh growing in your proficiency of things and your awareness because you know money is a huge thing just like so many in life you know the more that you can understand it and the more that you learn about it you know the less scary hairy monster thing you know it gives you so and looking up something. Yeah, I actually wanted to look up the baby steps just okay. because we should we should know it. Okay. Well, while you do that, I want to mention to another resource, and we'll put um, links to to you know the stuff that we're referencing the the kind of resources. There's a really great book called Worthy by Nancy Levin L E V I N, and I'll put a link to that as well. But this book is really great because it's about approaching your relationship to money and to the energy of it. Um, you know, like in life, it's not the thing, it's our relationship to it and the way that we experience it. And so she looks at it as, you know, so many of us, so many of us have our self-worth wrapped up in our net worth. But really, if you look at the self-worth first and get right with that, so to speak, you know, money doesn't have to be this thing that's like ruling your life. And so there's a lot of really cool activities in there and like actual concrete, you know, let's look back and see what your conversation is around money. Those are great things that you could do together as a couple, I would say, as you're starting out with these conversations. Maybe like take 10 minutes at the beginning of them to go through it, share some of your stuff and and you know, go from there. Um so this nice balance of working on the numbers, working at the, on the quantifiable stuff, but then also working on like the emotional stuff around it. Yeah, and I think the way that you know that you've got some money stuff that 
that is worth looking into. If you feel, if thinking about money in any way makes you feel anxious, makes you feel afraid, um, if it just, if it creates discomfort within you, then, then you know that that's a relationship thing, right? Like that's how you are relating to money. And that's when the book like Worthy is, is awesome. Um, you know, I've read probably 15, 20% of the book and, uh, the exercises are pretty confronting because, you know, a lot of our money, our attachments to money and our views on self-worth go back so far. Yeah. So when you're going to doing those exercises, they're not always easy. But Deeply ingrained stuff. Yeah, when you're like, when you're pulling apart those knots, you know, those emotional knots around self-worth and money, a lot of great things happen. So um, thank you for, for buying me time. <laughs> I went and looked up the seven baby steps just so I could have them. All right, do it. All right. Baby step number one, $1,000 to emergency fund. We already knew that yes. one. Number two is pay off all debt using the debt snowball. Number three is having three to six months of your expenses in savings. Number four is to invest 15% of your household income into Roth IRAs and pre-tax retirement. Right. Right. So saving for, for retirement, saving for the future. Number five is a college fund for your children, if that applies to you. <laughs> That's not what we even thought. I know. <laughs> Sorry, Maya. Funny. Yeah. I know when you're listening to this, Maya, in many years, I you'll be like, become a child dad. star. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have not thought about better, that, apparently. Better lean on your cuteness. <laughs> oh. All right. Number six is pay off your home early. And then number seven is to build wealth and to give. Cool. So those are the seven baby Thanks steps. Thanks for clearing that up. Okay. So okay. there's something with Matilda's email that now that we've given... Our background context, we've given the tool that we use, which is the spreadsheet, mm-hmm. and we've given the the framework or the process that we're following, which is seven baby steps. Yeah. We still have hard conversations, and it still gets emotional, Hell and it yeah. still gets tough. So what I want to jump into is what what helps us to have what gives us the best chance to have a productive conversation great question i think that's awesome that was going to be one of my suggestions and my notes that i had here is especially if you're starting out and you're creating more consistency around this and you're making this like a structured thing like okay we are going to have these weekly uh budget, finance, whatever you want to call them. First, call it whatever the hell you want to, to make it either exciting or maybe it feels cool and like official, like you're having this like business meeting with your husband or your partner or whatever, that when you're starting out with them, uh, make it, set yourself up for success. So make it as effective as it can possibly be in the sense that be in the best place you can be emotionally, mentally, maybe at the very end of the day when you're both like, tired and you're susceptible to frustration or being cranky or taking things personally, that may not be the most ideal time to do it. So even if it looks like you need to have someone come over and hang out with the kids or you do it at nap time or whatever, I I think setting yourself up in a physical and emotional space where you can be open, where you can share, when you can be um, receptive to feedback and you can be supportive of what the other person might have going on and you're also willing to share and be open and vulnerable, that's going to be the... And are there a million moments like that throughout the week? No. Like, you're not going to be like that. You have to... Yes, you have to... Thank you. You have to intentionally create it and be committed to it. And if you see the greater purpose and connection here of having a healthy relationship to money means that you two can function more effectively for each other, whether it's you're preparing for baby or you already have kids, and then you're going to be more connected in the other things that you do too. So make this important beyond just 
having a healthy bank account. Like look at it as it links into the health, you know, you have mentally with yourself and then emotionally you have with your partner, physically even. I mean, think about the things that money impacts as far as people have people's health. I mean, there's a lot of heart attacks that you can attribute to financial stuff. A lot of migraines, a lot of depression and suicidal tendencies linked with unhealthy relationships to money. So link it to your physical health and link it here. Here's one to how your kids will relate to money and think about what you learned or didn't learn from your parents and what you can rescript and reprogram there as far as the possibilities you can hold for your kids to be financially responsible and thriving you know, individuals who can go out and be interdependent and create for themselves and be uh, generous and all of that beautiful stuff. It's it's going to start with how they see you talk about money, relate to money, and how you can work together. That's yeah. my spiel right now. That was awesome. You just Thank outlined you. great things, I think, for creating your bigger why around why you want to develop a healthy relationship to money, why you want to have regular money conversations with your with your significant other. Um, and, you know, why just knowing your numbers is important. Yeah, so, I used to not want to look, man. Oh, no. I, I, it used to be that kind of like pray and hope that you had more than like you knew you did. Like, mm, oh, I don't want to sign in and shoot. look at the balance. I will be very honest. I, until my mid-20s, I avoided... Uh, phone calls that I didn't know because <laughs> wow. because they were a lot of times from creditors Dang. because I had some bills that went unpaid when I was uh, in grad school, undergrad and grad school, like medical things. And they went to collections That's real. and they would call me to say, we pay me. And I didn't have any money. And I, I'm like, no, I'll back up. I had money, but just Paying them was was scary. It was intimidating, mm-hmm. and uh, I I didn't want to I didn't want to face that reality. So I avoided those conversations. I avoided those phone calls until one day. I remember we were at Fracture, and uh, I got a phone call, and I had to Our go outside. Job. And I think what happened is I tried to buy something, and I had no money in my bank account. I had. Something went down where money was taken out of my account without me knowing, and it overdrafted my account. And so I had negative $75. Wow. And I was sitting out in front of of work on the phone talking to the credit card people because whatever had gone down with payments, and I had zero money. And I just remember that feeling was, I felt so frustrated at myself for burying my head in the sand mm. because that's what I, that's what happened. I put my head in the sand. I said, I'm not going to look at this yeah. and I'm just going to go away and it doesn't go away. Nope. So you outlined great whys, right? Now I want to, I want to talk a little bit about some hows because we, we haven't really shared specifics on what we've done to create, to set ourselves up for the best conversation. Okay. One of the things that really has helped us having sex Connecting physically with one another. Way to go, Bivens. You know, seriously, because we would go into those conversations True. and we would feel anxious and we would feel scarce. And then we would sit there and, and have these expectations that it was going to go well. And the conversations never go well. It's not like we, we would turn things around talking about bills and saving. Yeah. You know, so at one point, one of us had the idea of, Let's let's figure out what connect. we got to do. Let's connect beforehand. Yeah. So we. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So for a number of of those meetings, we had sex before we we jumped into it, and that was great because now we're like surging with those chemicals and was it oxytocin. 
Is that, is that the sex? Yep. Yeah, so we're surging love with that. Love hormone. Yeah, we got the love hormone. We're feeling very connected, right? So we're feeling very connected. And then it's like, okay, let's talk about this stuff. And we were so much more on the abundant side of, of, of things emotionally that when we got into those conversations, the stuff that would normally trip us up, making a tough choice about where to spend money or realizing that in the moment we aren't bringing in enough to cover our expenses and just needing to rely on some faith that it, you know new clients will come in or whatever like that stuff wouldn't trip us up when we were when your tank is filled up when your emotional tank is filled up you are more prepared and and like yeah in a space to do anything really yeah so like if you're at all like us and having those conversations with your spouse oftentimes resulted in tears or frustration or feeling like you know you don't have funds and trying to you don't know what you're going to do find whatever it is for you for you and your partner to get your tanks filled up before you go into the conversation for us it was physical connection yeah and it worked and so we would do that and and that really helped us to to have a great conversation another thing that we did and you mentioned it i think earlier we would just get all of our fears and all of our unhealthy thoughts out at the very beginning yep just so Get it out. Purge. It would be like, yeah, it'd be like, Sarah, what are you feeling right now? And mm-hmm. you would say something like, uh, feeling scarce, feeling frustrated because I want to go on this trip this year or I want to do this and I feel like we can't. Or um, feeling like, you know, when are things going to have more momentum around them where we'll be making this much, this consistently, yeah. you know, that sort of stuff or whatever. Like, I'm feeling frustrated because I feel like you should be making more money. That's definitely been said, you know, or like whatever. It's just yeah. like creating that that trust in that space to just like, this is what I'm thinking right now. This is what I'm feeling. It's not necessarily the truth, but it's what's coming up for me right now. And I just need to like get it out there because I know it's not going to help in this conversation. And so that's what we would do before we started talking numbers and figures. We would just, both of us, just get it all out. And once everything's out there, I mean, honestly, you tend to feel better just by sharing it yeah. and letting it go. And then now it's like, okay, I can understand why you might be behaving a certain way because you you have this feeling about, you know, where the money's going to come from or you get why this thing might make me a little bit more, why, my, why I might be a little bit more sensitive. It's because right now I'm sort of fixated on it. Yeah. And it just, it just created a more trusting environment. And that vulnerability, it was like, okay, well, that's all my stuff. So I got nothing else. Let's just... Let's talk about it now. Yeah. And so that was, you know, understanding and doing those little things really set us up well, along with what you said, like not waiting till the end of the day, you know, doing it when you have the energy. Sometimes, you you know, you might need to reward yourself. I was going to say, like, get it. fun beverages yeah. and, like, sit down, like, probably not alcohol. I would recommend yeah, I going through your budget and drinking and making, like, a drinking game or anything. We've done kombucha. Yeah, kombucha, tea, whatever, like, fun, fizzy mocktail stuff. Like, do that. Like, put on some nice, like, uh, music. What's it? Bossa Nova? Is that what it's called? Bossa- I think so. Yeah, like, you know, jazzy music in the background and switch it up and, you know, move your physical space. Um, so, those would be, you know, if I were to have Matilda sitting with us right now, I'd be like, do something that's yeah. really great for you guys to connect. Could be sex, could not be. Something to connect beforehand. Set up the space. Make sure you're feeling cool about it. Commit to it and and put in the practice so that you yeah. can get yourself in it. Because you may not feel too excited about it the first 10 
meetings. Twelve. However, twenty. Uh but that's but where if you going. keep connecting that why, yeah, if you keep connecting the purpose of it, uh, it's going to get easier, you know, time and time as time goes on. And we recommend looking at your numbers weekly. Yeah, weekly. And then also bring in the resources. So make it objective. You know, use the uh, Dave Ramsey's, use the Nancy Levins, use the Susie Ormans, like whatever other people that you want to go to for, you know, structure and for things that, you know, plans for the two of you, bring that stuff in. So I would say the resources, the space that you set, the internal work for yourself. Um, those would be my big Rewards. Things. And then here's here's an awesome reward that we feel almost every single time. When you look at your numbers and you understand where things are coming from, where they're going, and you have your plan, you feel like you have more money. I, I know for myself, when I kind of look at things... Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, that's where my numbers are. Okay, cool, over here. Oh, that's covered. Wow. You know, I thought that I was going into this, my feeling going into this meeting was that we didn't have enough. But now that I look at my numbers, oh, wow, we actually do. And we have a little bit left over. Like, that happens to me nine times out of 10. Mm -hmm. Just simply knowing, because my mind can create this this dark financial picture, right? When I go down that, that, that path, that wormhole of fear and scarcity. My mind creates this, this lack picture. But then when you actually look at the numbers, a lot of the times you're okay, right? And, you know, that doesn't happen all the, <clears throat> doesn't happen all the time. But that was definitely one of the rewards, just feeling like you had more money because you know your numbers. Feeling like you have a handle on things because you you are practiced in reviewing your finances, feeling like you have more control because you've repped it. And when you feel like you have some control over your money, then, you know, you aren't at the whim Oof, of things because yeah. that's what happens a lot of times. You're just at the whim yeah. of, of life. Yeah. And that's not a fun place to be. And you don't have to stay in that place. And so I think everything that we've outlined in in this conversation really helps you to create that feeling of control over over your finances. Yeah, mastering yourself and yeah. all that. Woo, that's pretty cool. I saw at least one question. Yeah, it was from... going to fall. Oh, no. <laughs> I did that. Here, I'll hold the phone. No, I remember it. So it was about how much you should have saved pre-baby. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I think that's a great question. Here's how I'll approach that just right now with this, you know, limited whatever in information uh i wouldn't give an amount necessarily i would look at a few factors of what are the main things for you over the next few months or in those first six months let's say of having baby like will both parties or one party be working so what will that look like as far as the money that's coming in what are you planning on spending as far as this baby is concerned because everyone goes about things differently so what are your general uh healthcare provider costs going to be, whether that's a midwife and whether you're going through insurance or whatever, look at what that'll look like. Um, think about what one month will look like in terms of having baby around from the gear, diapers, um, any sort of food needs, uh, that. And then I would just kind of get an average of that and multiply that by six. And I would just kind of look at what that looks like yeah i mean again if you're looking so at the different. the baby steps they say three to six months of your um living expenses mm -hmm. in savings 
So that's probably, I mean, if we were going to answer that question, I'd probably say three to six months. Yeah. You know, it depends on how long you're going to be taking off. It depends on where your income is coming from. Are you a dual income family or a single income family? Um, But I think for you, understand what's going to make you feel most at peace about your finances while you're experiencing new baby, because that's what you're going to want to focus on. Yeah. You know, this new awesome little child. You don't want to have to be worrying about money. So, you know, for some people... You might want, if, if you're more of the financially conservative, you might want Go more. Go for six, yeah. Yeah, you might want six. If you're if you're more, you know, like me, you might just be, it might feel great having one month in the bank, right? So I kind of know where you're at, but just to give you an answer, I'd say three to six because that's what uh, Dave Ramsey says. <laughs> All right. Do you have any other questions? I think that was the main one about, and someone was just agreeing, you know, having common goals, being on the same page, you know, bringing some of that objectivity in. Yeah. Um, when you use tools, when you use resources like Dave Ramsey and such. Um, let's see. If you have any other questions about this conversation, those of you listening on the podcast or those of you on Instagram Live, hit us up. You can send us a direct message via yeah. Instagram at D-I-A-H or you can reach out to us hello at D-I-A-H-podcast.com. Um, so again, anything about this topic in particular or home birth, um, our lives in general, <laughs> things you want us to cover on the show, topic ideas, um, specific birth stories you'd like to hear, please let us know. Are you reading something? Is there another yeah. question you want to address? I'm um, just reading the the listener who had asked us about the three how to much. six months. Yeah. yeah, she's saying she has about three to six. That's awesome. Yeah, I also we googled a bunch of just like what's the average cost of a newborn in the first yes, year, we and we did. looked at that, and then we kind of looked at what those people were outlining and seeing like, okay, yeah, we would be planning on doing this, or like, yes, we would need this number of diapers or this or that, or like, oh, we're not doing that because like you know we breastfed, so we didn't need formula as a cost. So you can kind of look at there are people who have like little templates and things that you could kind of roughly base off of and then also depending on where you live and like cost of living and all that kind of stuff might shift but there are great you know online resources for that where you could kind of gauge it and guess again what your comfort level is like how much do you want to see there when you go into this baby experience and what will you know empower you the most yeah and and you know i think that if you are asking finance related questions and you are curious about those things it means that you're open. And I think one of the biggest factors to experiencing financial peace for yourself, whatever that that looks like, um, and to improving your financial situation or your relationship is simply being open. Because when you're open to things, then you're willing to try things. Possibility exists. Possibility exists. So, you know, for anybody listening, like, I think the fact that you're just listening right now means that you're open. So, you know, just keep, keep exploring, keep trying different things. Keep having those conversations with yourself, with your your spouse. Keep asking questions. And um, yeah, you're going to be awesome. Yeah. So thank you, Matilda, for sparking off this awesome conversation. Um, and if you, yes. again, with any questions like this or things that could turn into whole episodes like this, um, hit us up. Let us know. Yeah. Cool. Is that it? Anything else for you? No. I feel great. Great. I feel, I, feel, I feel great, too. This was fun. This was cool. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with us and being a part of this amazing community. We're so grateful to you. We love you so much. I'm Sarah Bivens. Right here next to me in this car is Matthew Bivens. And this is Doing It at Home. Peace. Quick 
quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.